Father God, we enter into a time that it comes to hear a word from you. And as we prepare our hearts to hear a word from you, Father God, we ask that you would just enthrall and die, fill your messenger today. The angel you placed over this house. You gave them the charge. Now charge him up. Fill him up, Father. Yeah. Pastor Warren Walker. Have him bring your word today the way you see fit. That it brings you glory and it feeds your people. That it releases those who are bound. That the sick are healed. That the blind may see. If that is your will today, let it be done through your servant. In the name of Jesus. Amen. To the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is worthy of all praises, to Jehovah Elohim, to El Shaddai, to the one who puts breath in our body, to the one who woke us up this morning in our right minds and reasonable health, to the one who has been watching over us all of our lives, to him be the glory, to him be the glory. To him be the glory. To him be the glory. I need some help today. I need somebody to help me praise our God. For you see, if it had not been, if it had not been for God, where would we be? I don't know about you, but I'm grateful this morning. Just to be able to stand on my feet and be in my right mind and reasonable health, just that's enough for me. But God went even further. He allowed the blood of his son Jesus to cover us so that we might have eternal life. Nothing have we done on our own, but it all comes from Him. And so in honor of our God, who is worthy of all praise, I come today before we do anything. I come to praise Him today, for He is worthy of all praise. I come shouting hallelujah today, for I know what He has done for me, not only for me, but also for you too. And I want you to know that our God is able. I said our God is able. And so I praise him for all that he's done from the time I left 
until now, I give him honor, I give him glory, and I give him praise. For he is worthy of all our praise, and so I shout hallelujah to him today. I thank him for what he's done in my life. I thank him for one more day that I'm allowed to be alive. I thank him if I never see another day, I thank him for today. And I thank him for all that he's done, not only for me, but also for you too, and your family. Nobody gets praises but God today. Nobody but God, and to him, we sing this anthem of praise to our God. Let us praise our God today. Thank you, Jesus. Well, today we want to look at a topic that's I'm trying to think a topic that's very, very uh, uh, important to us as Christians. As we all know, that there is a constant battle going on within us. Uh, it's uh, a spirit, uh, the spirit of God, and our own human nature, uh, but there's also that we all should know that we are at war. Yes. Let me say that again in case you don't know it. We are at war. Yes, we are. And I'm talking about serious war. We are in, we are in spiritual warfare. And all we have to do is look around and we can see how serious it really is. For all the things that we try to do, the enemy is trying to stop us from doing it. And he puts distractions in our way and all kind of stuff. That's why it is so important, I say it over and over and over again. You must study God's word and you must have a powerful prayer life. If you hope to get through this warfare that we're in, he uses all kind of tactics. He uses our loved ones and things that we love most. And he uses it to try to beat us into submission. But I don't know about you, but I refuse to bow down. Refuse to do that. He does all kind of things. He keeps us from church. He keeps us from Bible studies. He keeps us from paying our tithes. He always finds something for us, for us to do to distract us somewhere else. And then when we realize that we were wrong, we said, oh, it wasn't my fault. Something happened. <laughs> Ouch. We're going to get in that, to that today. Uh, my, my duty as your pastor is to lead you to heaven. That's what I must do. We've got to overcome this spiritual darkness that sometimes falls on us. We have to understand who we really are. Amen, somebody. And so today we again find ourselves in the eighth chapter of the Gospel of John. And in this entire eighth chapter, uh, Jesus finds himself in a dialogue with the Pharisees. It all started in the beginning of the 8th chapter when the Pharisees brought a woman to Jesus who had been caught in adultery. And we have had at least four sermons on these 
talks that Jesus is having with the Pharisees. And through these talks, we have been learning some valuable spiritual information that enhances our spiritual lives. So we are slowly working our way through this eighth chapter and in the larger picture, we're working our way through the entire Gospel of John. And we happen to find ourselves at this time in the eighth chapter. One of the Pharisees' problem was they were in spiritual darkness. Just letting that set in. They were in spiritual darkness. Oh, they knew the word. <laughs> they knew all the right things, but they thought they knew God. And I say they thought they knew God. But see, they couldn't know God at all unless they knew who Jesus was. There's a lot of people today who think they know God. Let it sit in there. But before you know God, you got to know who Jesus is. They couldn't comprehend spiritual things because they were in the dark. And if someone is in the dark, they cannot see anything until someone turns the light on. Amen. That's why Jesus says in the same chapter in verse 12, I am the light of the world. Yeah. You can't see unless you understand who I am. Yeah. No matter who you are, what you've done, you can't see. You are blind spiritually because you can't understand. The Bible to you is just another book that you pick up sometime and you dust the dust off of it and you start reading and you throw it down under your coffee table till next year. Ouch. They couldn't comprehend. Therefore, they couldn't understand what Jesus is saying. You see, Jesus' words cannot be understood by someone who is walking in the darkness. Just can't be. So the question is, how can uh, the Pharisees or anyone else, for that matter, who is uh, finding themselves in the spiritual darkness, can they, how can they find the light and walk in this light? I want to walk in the light. How can I find this light and walk in this light? I'm tired of being in the dark. Somebody turn the light on for me. Turn the light on. I want to understand, I want to see things, I want to understand what thus says the Lord. Well, today in our sermon text, we'll find out the answer to this question. It is important that we find out the answer to this question because the majority of people who do not believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior are walking in spiritual darkness. Doesn't matter who they are, or where they come from, or where they stand in society, what their status is, doesn't make any difference. So we want to use this dialogue between Jesus and the Pharisees in our text for the day as a 
learning to to help bring light to darken souls and to a greater extent to a darkened world. And so I want to talk to you today uh, the brief time that I have uh, using as my title Overcoming Spiritual Darkness. Overcoming Spiritual Darkness. <coughs> Our text for the day will be the Gospel of John chapter 8 verses 25 to 30. We'll look at the ways to overcome darkness in biblical, practical, and common sense ways. We'll look at some words that have meaning, that the, some words that Jesus has said that has meaning to us. I'm going to ask Minister Hathaway if he would come at this time and he would read our text, uh, the Gospel of John. Chapter 8, verses 25 through 30. Mr. Hyder, while he's coming, please turn off all your cell phones or electronic equipment, whatever else you have, so you don't disturb God's word. Amen. Once again, that's the Gospel of John, chapter 8, beginning at verse 25. It's like we all got it. Brother Hershey, you got it? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So we're going to be on one core. I, be, I begin reading. Who are you? They asked him. Jesus answered, What I have told you from the very beginning, I have much to say about you, much to condemn you for. The one who sent me, however, is truthful. And I tell the world only what I have heard from him. They did not understand that Jesus was talking to them about the Father. So he said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am who I am. When you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am who I am. Then you will know that I do nothing on my own authority but I say only what the Father has instructed me to say. And he who sent me is with me. He was not left, he has not left me alone because I always do what pleases him. Many who heard Jesus say these things believed in him. Amen. Amen. Overcoming spiritual darkness. Please pray with me. Father God, we thank you for this time. and We ask of God that you will release your spirit into this sanctuary this time and that you will go before and open up hearts and minds that we might be receptive to your teachings today. We ask that you would send the resident teacher the Holy Spirit that he might enlighten us, Lord God, that he might interpret what thus says the Lord. Help us to give you glory and honor and praise today, Father. For you are worthy of all that and even more. It is in the blessed name of Jesus that we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And amen. Amen. One day many years ago, uh, uh, I woke up and I just said, I'm, I'm just tired of living like this here. There has to be something better than this. I was in spiritual darkness and I didn't even know it, but 
I knew I was tired of living that way. There had to be something better. And thanks to God that I found out that there is something better. Praise the Lord. You know, a lot of times we, we fail to understand, and I think the reason why we don't understand what God is trying to do, because first of all, Jesus is from another world, and God is from another world. Uh, God doesn't think like we do. He doesn't act like we do. He's off the charts. Matter of fact, we don't even have the mentality to begin to understand who God really is. That's why all we can do is praise him and worship him and, and glorify him because trying to understand God is a new point. We just have to trust him. These Pharisees who thought they knew God really didn't know him. They knew about him. They knew the scriptures just as people do today know the scriptures but some of them don't know God. They know God's word, what he said. They know Jesus' word, what Jesus said. But they really don't know him. And one of the key things that, that gives us away is what we do. Uh, you can tell, uh, tell people anything you want to tell them, but the proof is in the pudding. Amen? Just follow them around and watch what they do. Watch what they say. Is there any fruit there? For when you have a relationship with the Lord, there has to be fruit. Lord doesn't support fruitless trees. If you plant the tree, you put the fertilizer around it, something ought to grow. The rain falls on it, the sun falls on it, something ought to come up. Jesus cursed the fig tree. Remember they cursed the fig tree? Because it was supposed to be bearing fruit. And it wasn't bearing fruit. So Jesus destroyed it. If we are children of God, if we have God has called us, we ought to be bearing fruit. Not just for ourselves, not just for our family, but bearing fruit for God. For God says the, the rain that he sends falls on everybody, the good and the bad. Not just clicks. We have to step out. God will never bless us if we just stand still and spin our wheels. Say how great we are. In the first place, nobody's great but God. And we are his subject, whether we believe it or not. God can end our lives in a split second. Just a second. That's why he gets the glory and the honor and the praise that he alone deserves. And we have to understand that God cannot come down here himself and do those things because nobody would be able to face him because the look on God is to die. So he needs somebody to help him spread his word here on earth. And so that somebody is the church. And if the church doesn't do it, who's going to do it?
The church has to do it. Getting back to the Pharisees. Again, in the first two verses of our sermon text, the Pharisees ask Jesus a question and Jesus gives them a profound answer. Let us listen in on this dialogue with one another. The text tells us that the first they ask Jesus a question by saying to him, who are you? Jesus was with him all this long. They said, who are you? And that was a fair question because they didn't know who he was. Actually, in the original Greek language, it means, who do you think you are? Yeah, that's what they were saying. Who do you think you are to come here and, and talk about God and your father and all this? Who do you think you are? We are the Pharisees. We are the elite of Israel. You know, we've been to the seminaries. We've studied God's word. Who, who, where did you come from? Who are you? And Jesus doesn't go on, but he just answers them. He says, what I have told you from the very beginning, I have much to say about you, much to condemn you for. The one who sent me, however, is truthful. And I tell the word, the world only what I have heard from him. In other words, Jesus says, I, 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 I don't come here uh, just spouting off at the mouth and just talking things. I, I, I tell you only what the Father tells me to say. So my words are the Father's words. <laughs> now, a few of those words Jesus uses in his answer to the Pharisees is, is one of the ways, one of the ways which a person can overcome spiritual darkness. The Pharisees who are in spiritual darkness, they missed it. They missed it. And the words that Jesus used, and we want to focus on them just briefly here, is from the very beginning. That's what Jesus says, from the very beginning. Now Jesus, in, 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 the, in the early sense, he means that from the beginning of his ministry, what he said, if you listen to me from the beginning of in my ministry, you would know who I am and what I'm about. You would only listen to me from the beginning of ministry. But then it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. You see, these are the words that will release a person, help them overcome spiritual doctrine. It is one of the several weapons that will lead one to Jesus, the light of the world. Now, Again, he meant this was from the uh, very beginning of his ministry, from the very beginning. And he's saying, if you paid attention to me, you would know who I am. And you would also know who is my father and the purpose of my ministry. But here goes the deeper part of this here. For you see the Pharisees and all the people then, and even now, must realize that life is situated between two things. <laughs> Genesis 1-1 and Revelations 
20, 1, 1. Our whole life is between them. Our whole life. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And in the end, when Revelation 21 tells us, and then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And sandwiched in between is the Pharisees' lives and our lives. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying no matter what we do, I don't care what we do, it always goes back to in the beginning, God. Well, you know, uh, so-and-so said this, and I heard this, in the beginning, God. Everything follows after that. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're saying, uh, what kind of life you're living, it all goes back to in the beginning, God. Nothing happened until God came on the scene. Ever look, really, he's always been on the scene. But just for us, it says in the beginning, God. There was never a time when there wasn't a God. God always has been and always will be. But for us, he has to say in the beginning because our minds can't go that far back. So no matter how much wealth or substance we accumulate, it still comes down in the beginning God. No matter how many degrees we have received or how high our status in the community, it still comes down to, in the beginning, God. You see, our, our, our spiritual birth takes precedence over our physical birth. Let me say that again. Our spiritual birth takes precedence over our physical birth. My physical birth, I was born a certain day. And in my spiritual birth, I was born a certain day. My spiritual day axes out my physical day. So I no longer depend on that, that when I was born physically, but I depend on when I was born spiritually. I hope you understand what I'm trying to tell you today. So you see that there's an end to our physical life but there's no end to our spiritual life. You see on a tombstone they had so-and-so born 1938 and, and died uh, 2000 whatever. I haven't told my wife this yet, but when I'm on my tombstone, I don't want my physical birth or, 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 or the end on it. I, I just want to spiritually born and then I just want to hyphen. That's all. Don't put no date down there because I'm at home with the Lord. Don't, don't put no date down there. That's all. That's all I want. Don't lock me in to this earth. You can't lock heavenly things in to a physical thing. Because I don't go by that. Can't do that. There is no end. There's no end. Because if there's any end, then I 
I shouldn't be up there preaching about it. Amen, somebody. Because I believe that in the beginning, God is the answer to all my problems and your problems too. No matter how many expensive gym shoes we have, or how many fashionable clothes we may wear, or how well we are like by our peers, it all comes down to in the beginning, God. Our lives and all other lives are between Genesis 1-1 and Revelations 21-1. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now watch this. Jesus got through all his troubles here on earth and even his death by remembering in the beginning God. Everything Jesus did was related to God. Read the Gospels. Read Paul's letters and you'll see what I'm talking about. Jesus didn't do anything unless he checked in with the Father or the Father checked in with him. He didn't do anything. Everything he did was, it was from God. It was God's will. That's why he just walked through and though they beat him and crucified him and all that, God said, you still haven't done anything because God raised him up the next, the next three days. God raised him up because he was obedient to God. Now, there, there are others in the Bible who remembered uh, Genesis 1-1. <laughs> First Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, the text tells us according to the King James Version. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Then it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. They were blaming David for their children being captured and their wives being captured and all these people who loved David at one time, now they're ready to stone him to death. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. David's friends, his bosom buddies, they turned on him. But David had God on his side. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this here. You can have friends and you can have uh, even your relatives and you can cherish them and love them and that's all good. But when it comes down to the end, when it comes down, when you really look for somebody, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You have to remember in Genesis 1-1 that God created the heaven and the earth and he created everything we see. He created us and everything, every cell in our body was created by God. He knows everything about us in the beginning, God. That's where we put our trust and our hope and everything else. We put it in God. Jesus did that. His whole life, he did that. And God gave him the glory for doing that. Now, and Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, main leaders, 
after he had Bible study with Jesus in John 3, he learned the importance of in the beginning God. For in John chapter 7, verse 50 through 51, he confronts his own Pharisaic party by saying these words. One of the Pharisees there was Nicodemus, the man who had gone to see Jesus before. He said to the others, according to our law, we cannot condemn people, talking about Jesus, before hearing them and finding out what they have done. Even Nicodemus, who, who, who was the, one of the main leaders of the Pharisees, once he talked to Jesus and Jesus explained to him things, although he couldn't understand everything, he had enough light to know that there was something special about Jesus. And he went against his own party, the Pharisaic party. Jesus turned his life around. Again, we have to remember our lives are between Genesis 1-1 and Revelations 21-1. Those are two bookends of our lives. Everything in between we do, we, we have good times, bad times, we're up, we're down, but it all comes down to the bookends. Genesis 1-1 and Revelation 21-1. That's what it comes down to in the final end. No matter how much you're doing or what you're doing and how much you're enjoying life, remember, in the beginning, God. And God will have his way. Whether you believe it or not, he will have his way. And if we remember that it is God who created the heaven and earth, and it is he who is sovereign, it is he who is omnipotent, it is he that is omniscient, it is he who is omnipresent, and it is he who will lead us out of spiritual darkness that might be knocking on our doors or might have already entered our domain. The little pleasure and the fun and the stuff that we seem to have in disobedience of God is not worth eternal life. It's just not worth it. For we live a certain number of years on earth and then that life is over. But then there's another life that we live, and that life is forever. Whether you're a child of God or a child of the devil, that life never, ever ends. Either you will be in eternal damnation or you'll be in eternal heaven. One or the other. There's no walking the tightrope here. I say these things not to scare you or to warn you. I just tell you what thus says the Lord. It's in the Bible. And God has given us freedom of choice. He allows us to make the decisions that we want to make. And if we're in spiritual darkness, we always make the wrong decisions. You know, you hear people say, well, church is old stuff. That stuff is old. We don't, we got new stuff now. God's word is always up to date. Always up to date. And if we just continue to remember this, then Revelation 21 will be our new home and will not pass us by. Now, how do I know that because, that because Jesus already, how do I know all of this here? 
Pastor, how do I know this? Well, first of all, it's in the scriptures. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. All you have to do is read the Bible for yourself. That's why I tell you, read the scriptures. But then again, how do I know that this formula works? <laughs> I'm glad you asked me that. Because in Matthew 4, and I, I can't read Matthew, but we don't have enough time to get into that, but I just want to gloss over it. But Matthew 4, uh, the Spirit of God <laughs> sends Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the evil one. <laughs> and he threw everything he could at Jesus, everything, as you can read in the scriptures. And Jesus used one thing to overcome him. The scripture says, the scripture says, the scripture says. He didn't say, look, I'm the son of God. You can't do this to me. You know who I am. No, he didn't say that. He said, the scripture says this, and the scripture says that, and the scripture says this. Then when it was over, he said, get away from me, Satan. Get away from me. The same scripture, we thank God, the same scripture that we are able to read ourselves today is the same scripture that Jesus used to defeat the enemy. Oh, somebody help me out here. And it is the enemy's job to keep us away from the scriptures. It's the enemy's job to let us look at the scriptures and say, these scriptures are boring. I want to go look at the daytime movies or the daytime serials. I want to go look at the news. I want, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. I want to do anything but read God's word because it doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I just don't, I'm just tired of reading God's word. And that's the enemy just drilling, 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 drilling. I tell you, my brothers and sisters, this is our life. This is our life. This is not a book. This is not a magazine. This is not a newspaper. This is the living word of God. Everything in it is true. And if you deny yourself from reading God's word, woe is you. Woe is you. Take some time to read God's word. And I'm not just talking about Bible study. Set a time off in your life at home, in an hour or whatever time you have, and set it aside on a daily basis to read God's word. Pray over it, and then read it. And then pray when you get through with it. God will give you the wisdom and insight what you have read. Stay in God's word. If you want to defeat the enemy, stay in his word. He can't stand God's word. Although he knows it probably better than we do, he still can't stand it. So Jesus defeats the evil one by using scripture and scripture only. Not any great power, although he had the power to do anything he wanted to do, but he used scripture only. But why did he do it? He did that to teach us a lesson. To teach us that stay in God's word and you'll defeat the enemy. 
Now, the other saying of Jesus that will help us overcome the spiritual darkness is found in verses 27 and 30. And these verses tell us this here. They did not understand what Jesus was talking to them about the Father. Of course, they didn't understand because they're in spiritual darkness. So he said to them, watch this. When you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am who I am. When you lift up the Son of Man, you will know <laughs> that I am who I am. Then you will know that I do nothing on my own authority, but I say only what the Father has instructed me to say. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me all alone because I always do what pleases him. Many who heard Jesus say these things believed in him. He has not left me all alone because I always do what pleases him. Now, now the words that Jesus speaks in this passage that will help us overcome this spiritual darkness and he said, when you lift up the Son of Man, when you lift him up, you will know that I am who I am. The key words are lift up. Lift up Jesus. For you see, the Pharisees or nobody else will really know who Jesus is and will continue to dwell in spiritual darkness until they lift Jesus up. You have to lift Jesus up. And this lifting up didn't just stop here in the New Testament. Oh, no, no, no. This started a long time ago in the Old Testament. <laughs> God always connects things together. That's why we have to read and study God's Word. Consider the, the Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, and, and you'll find these words in that text. Oh, somebody have pray for me here. The Israelites left Mount Hor by the road that leads to the Gulf of Aqaba in order to go around the territory of Eden. But on the way, the people lost their patience and spoke against God and Moses. <laughs> they complained, why did you bring us out of Egypt to die in this desert? where there is no food or water. We can't stand any more of this miserable food. And then the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people and many Israelites were bitten and died. The people came to Moses and said, we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Now pray to the Lord to take these snakes away. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told Moses to make a metal snake and put it on a pole so that anyone who was bitten could look at it and be healed. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole and anyone who had been bitten would look at the bronze snake and be healed. 
Oh, by the way, bronze in the Old Testament was known as judgment. Anything that was bronze was judgment. So let's look at this scenario here. These people, uh, God told Moses, uh, the people, tell the people to look up at this, this bronze snake and, and they will be healed. And so all the people who looked up at all those who looked up at the pole were healed. You'll notice today, if you go through our hospitals, you'll see that same symbol. You'll see that same symbol in the hospitals sometimes. On the doctor's jackets or on the front of the hospital, you'll see that. That's where they got it from here. Look up at the, look up at the bronze snake and you will be healed. And they were healed. <laughs> now Jesus, here comes Jesus now in the, in the New Testament, and he, he confirms that all this is about him. All this is about him as he talks to Nicodemus in the, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And when he says, as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the desert, in the same way the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone that believes in him may have eternal life. Now notice the difference between the passage in Numbers and, and the passage in John. Who is somebody pray for me here? Jesus goes beyond the healing that, was in the, that the Israelites had in the book of Numbers in the desert when they looked up at the bronze snake. For he does not say that everyone who lifts, up, who lifts him up will be healed, but that whoever lifts him up and believes in him will have eternal life. Jesus said, I go more than healing. I'm giving you eternal life. And if you get eternal life, you won't need to be healed because you've got eternal life. Now, if it was true in the book of Numbers, and we know that everything that God says is true, we know that every word in the Bible is true, if it's true that the, that the people in the, the desert looked up at the snake and, and they was healed because God says it, and here's Jesus in the New Testament, who, by the way, is God, he says, everyone who lifts up the Son of Man and believes in him will have eternal life. If it's true in the book of Numbers, it's true in the Gospel of John, because the Bible is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whoever lifts up the Son of Man will have eternal life. That means if you have lifted up Jesus, if you have believed in him, you have eternal life. Not that you will have eternal life, but you have eternal life. Not that you may have eternal life, but you have eternal life. Anyone who lifts up the name of Jesus has eternal life. If you believe that, then today you have eternal life. Wait, where you say, I don't care what you have. I don't care what disease you have. I don't care what's going on. You have eternal life. Because the Bible says that, not only that, but Jesus says you have eternal life. And if you believe that, then you have eternal life. Somebody ought to say hallelujah and praise the Lord. Somebody ought to say thank you, Jesus, for eternal life. Not only will you be healed, not only will you be healed, but I will give you eternal life. You will never die. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, 
so to lift up Jesus means to have eternal life and it means to have spiritual freedom and it means to come out of the darkness and it means to that our spiritual eyes are open and the other things that we couldn't comprehend about Jesus before because we were in darkness now we can see now I can comprehend now I understand who Jesus is he's the great I am that's who he is he's the rose of Sharon that's who he is I understand that now that I can see I was blind but now I can see and I understand all this stuff that the enemy is throwing at me I can overcome it because Jesus is my Lord and Savior Jesus sits on the throne in my heart and I can believe that he will rescue me I'm almost through, but I, I got to say one more thing, yeah? You see, we are like blind Bartimaeus. You remember blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, he kept on shouting at Jesus and begging as Jesus was coming through. He couldn't see, but he could hear Jesus saying something. He could hear, and he understood that Jesus was around him. And so he wanted to make sure that Jesus knew him. So he just shouted out, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. That's what he kept shouting. And they were trying to keep him shouting. They said, be quiet, be quiet. No, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. You see, when you go to Jesus, you can't be shamed. You can't be shamed. You got to shout out. And so he just shout at him. And they tried to shut him up. But the more they tried to shut him up, the louder he shouted, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. And finally Jesus asked him, what do you want? What do you want? And he said, I want to see. And you know what Jesus said? Go, your faith has made you well. Go and see them. You want to see? Go see. You see, what happened was Jesus spoke the authority. And when he said, go see, Jesus, the bottom of his eyes understood where the authority was coming from. So this is the Son of God that's speaking to me. Open your eyes. Open your eyes and see. And his eyes opened up and Bartimaeus started to see his power in the name of Jesus. I said there's power in the name of Jesus. And so we can say, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Bring me out of this spiritual darkness. And when we lift up the name of Jesus, the enemy has to flee. He cannot stand around someone who's praising God and giving glory and honor to God and to Jesus. He has to flee. Is power in that name. God has given the church this power. He's given it to us. And woe is us if we don't use it. Woe is us if we don't use this power he's given us. So we want to overcome this, this spiritual darkness. We have to remember that in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God then we must lift up Jesus.
Just lift him up. Lift him up. So we can be healed of our spiritual deficiencies. He'll wipe them away. Next time we decide, well, I'm going to do this, we say, no, I'm going to be faithful and truthful to God. And then like by the May, we must ask Jesus to have mercy on us. And then he will tell us to go. Your faith has made you well. Be free of your spiritual darkness. You see, I was spiritually blind at one time. But now I can see. You remember the, the, the lady who had the issue of blood? And all the, they were, they were pressing all around her. And all these people around her, yet she was still by herself. All these people around her, she was by herself. And she was trying to work her way to Jesus, who was nearby. And she said to herself, if I could only, if I could only get near enough, if I could just get near enough, now, not, not, and, and, and watch this now, not just to touch Jesus, if I could get near, just to touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch his hem, I know I would be healed. And she worked her way through there and they was calling names and stuff and she was moving all through the crowd and she reached out and she touched the hem of this garment and the text tells us that instantly, instantly, the blood stopped. Instantly it stopped. Why did it stop? Because she said, if I could just touch the hem of this garment, I know that I would be healed. I know that I would be healed. And so I say to you today, if you would lift up the name of Jesus, if we all would just come and lift up the name of Jesus, whatever is going on in our lives, whatever is going on in our lives, and we lift up the name of Jesus, the enemy would flee. The enemy would flee, but you can't be around Jesus' name. He would flee, and Jesus would heal us of our spiritual deficiencies. That's why I lift up the name of Jesus. That's why I praise him. That's why I glorify him. That's why I magnify him. And I don't care. I'm going to. That's all I know. Because I know that he's the Alpha and the Omega. I know that. I know that there is nothing outside of his authority. I know that. And I know that he's the head of the church. That's why I don't get worried when things come up in the church and this and that, that because I know that Jesus is the head of the church. I understand that. He's the head of nothing happens unless he okays it. And I understand that. And so I thank him today. Again, I was blind. Spiritually blind, but now I can see. And so I, I lift up the name of Jesus today. I lift it up. And I thank him for allowing me to know who he is. I lift up the name of Jesus because now I understand spiritual things which I didn't comprehend before. Now I understand that it's all about Jesus. Now I understand that, that he is the one that gets the glory and the honor. And now I understand that he is the way to eternal life. 
And now I understand that the enemy can't do nothing to me if I lift up the name of Jesus. Oh, we'll have our bad days and our good days. Yes, we'll have them. But the authority comes from Jesus. If Jesus says, hands off, then it's hands off. And even if the worst should happen, if the worst should happen, I would still depend on that eternal life that he has given me. Church, he is worthy to be praised today. And so today I thank God for his grace and his mercy. I thank him for one more day in the land of the living. And I don't know what you're going through, or you might be going through some things. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm telling you right now, you know, trust in the name of the Lord. Trust in the name of the Lord. If you will lift him up, while he's being lifted up, he will reach down and grab your hand, and as he's lifted up, he will lift you right on up there with him. Please know that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your lives. And so I thank the grace and mercy. Think of what he's done since the time you've been living. Think where he's brought you from. The time he was in a hospital. Time when your finances were bad, the bills were piling up, family issues, marriage issues, grace and mercy. He's brought you through. that he took care of your children. I want you to thank We're living because of him. That's all we can do is thank him. You want to thank him? Then come on up to the altar. The altar's open. The chancellor is open. He's done something for every single person that's in here. Thank you for saving because you're breathing. A sinner like me. You ought to be in a thank, thank you mode right now. understanding us. Sometimes we do things that we shouldn't do. 
That's why we're constantly asking for your grace and your mercy through your son Jesus. Sometimes we get distracted by the things of this world, and not only this world, but the things of our own human nature sometimes. We do things that we think is right. Help us to understand, Father, that we are the church of the living God. Help us to remember if we would only, we would only lift up the name of Jesus. Help us, oh God, as we go through the week. Help us to keep you focused on our minds. Thank you for your divine protection that you have for our families and us, for our neighbors, for our co-workers. We thank you because we don't have any other words that we can say. But you are our God. You know everyone that's in this sanctuary at this time, Bob. You know what people are going through. Only you know. And I ask, oh God, that your spirit would touch somebody, Father, that they might feel your presence today. That they might know that you can be counted on. In the beginning, God. Help us to remember that, Father. When we're going through uh, spiritual darkness or when we're going through situations that is beyond our control, help us to remember in the beginning, God, that everything flows from you. Help us to remember, Father, that you are the one that can bring us out. We bless your name today, Father. We bless your name. We give the glory and honor today, Father. We thank you not only for our family, but we, we thank you for those who have gone before us. We thank you for our grandparents and, and, and our great-grandparents and all those, Father, all those teachings that have come up through the years, Father. We thank you, Father. Help us to remember, Father, that we didn't just get here. We just didn't show up. It took a lot of people's efforts to get us here. Help us to remember them, Father. But most of all, help us to remember your son, Jesus Christ, who not only has set us free, but has given us eternal life. And to you, and nobody else, and to you, and only to you, be the glory, 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 forever and ever and ever. Let our hearts, Father, from this day forward, say these words. Let us look past all the, 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 the billboard signs. Let us look past that mega millions that, they, that everybody's trying to go buy a ticket for and just say, all I want is you. Because the money runs out. 
life force runs out and then we go to the grave when the cars break down, jobs don't last. But you alone are eternal. And you alone bring the eternal life. All we want is